We've made it to Friday, and we're so glad to have you on the drive. This morning, we were given even more evidence Clemson isn't going to be the same overwhelming, talented team we've seen in the last five years, going along with headlines this offseason, like three more first-round picks, being taken off the roster, a few offensive linemen. You lose all-conference wide receiver Justin Ross due to injury for the year, Xavier Thomas, he's not going to play in all but four games this season. However, it doesn't seem like anybody wants to acknowledge it. The ACC preseason poll was released this morning, and of course, Clemson was picked to win again, but diving into the deeper details, there's a bigger story to tell. Compare it to last year's preseason poll. In 2019, there were 13 Clemson Tigers on the preseason all-conference team. 13. I remember we were having the discussion, could Clemson beat a collection of ACC All-Stars from all the other teams combined? But even last year, there were three voters that picked against the Tigers to win the league. This year, the poll comes out, there are only five Clemson Tigers on the All-Conference team. Here's what's crazy to me, though. You have... Eight less all-conference players. By the way, eight of the 13 guys who were preseason picks a year ago ended up being all-conference at the end of the year. But this season, you have one less voter, two, who didn't pick Clemson to win the ACC title. It just seems like the evidence is there that Clemson isn't as strong as they've been in recent years, but nobody is picking against them. Nobody thinks they can get knocked off. Well, I've been talking about this all offseason. Clemson's more vulnerable than they've been in the last five years, and I still believe that. The gap has closed considerably on the Tigers. Remember, Syracuse was the popular pick to be second in the ACC a year ago. We thought that was the second most talented team. They didn't end up being that but the gap was criminally wide between the Tigers and whoever you viewed to be the second-best team. There was nobody that you felt like was a top-10 team. Not Virginia, not Wake Forest, not Louisville. We felt like nobody had a shot other than Clemson than cracking the top-10 at the end of the year. This year, it's totally different. Even if the Big Ten and Pac-12 were playing, we'd feel like Notre Dame's a top-10 team, wouldn't we? North Carolina with Mac Brown and Sam Howe. They were preseason number 18 in the poll that included everybody. In the adjusted poll, they're 12. See, we have all the information. This poll is all about the ACC. It excludes everybody else. Why is nobody giving Notre Dame or North Carolina a fighting shot at knocking off the Tigers? A 500 North Carolina team nearly did so last year. I don't believe that game was a fluke. I was there. They were a two-point conversion away from knocking off Clemson and doing something that nobody has come close to doing with the Trevor Lawrence team over the last few years. That Clemson team with the 13 All-ACC players a year ago, they got blasted by LSU in the championship game. So I get it. 
Clemson, preseason number one. Oh, you got to pick them to win the ACC. But what my eyes are telling me and the stories that I continue to follow, the headlines I've been sharing with you all summer long, it tells me Clemson isn't as talented as we're making them out to be. I don't think they're as good as Alabama this year. I think they're right there on a talent level with Georgia. Florida's not that far off. Notre Dame is really good. I think Notre Dame's going to beat Clemson this year. I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson drops two games in the season because I don't think they're going to win a national title. Did you watch college football last night, Robert? No, after that Raptors game, I kind of just watched some fresh prints and went to bed. Oh, yeah, you are a huge Raptors fan. I want to talk about that. We'll do that in about five minutes. But I was watching two college football games at once because we've missed the sport. I don't really care who's playing. And this is probably the best reason to believe Clemson or any of the top teams are susceptible to head-scratching losses. If last night was any indication, we're in for a season of bizarre results. It's the first FBS game of the year. South Alabama's playing Southern Miss. The Golden Eagles, they're at home. They're a 12.5-point favorite in the game. South Alabama, going into last night, had lost 15 straight road games. Not seen to be any good this year. South Alabama wins by 11. And it really wasn't even that close. Clemson, they're not going to have home field advantage in any game. But every single game that Clemson plays in, it's going to be their opponent's season. It's going to be the game that they circle and have been circling since the first iteration of the schedules came out a long time ago. Everybody's gunning for the Tigers. Clemson, they still just have kids who are 18 to 22 like everybody else. A lot more distractions this year. Fewer advantages when you're playing at home. And I don't think as strong as uh, strong of a roster. So I feel pretty comfortable saying Clemson's going to lose a game in the regular season. I wouldn't be surprised if it's two. More evidence this weekend that Clemson maybe not as strong as we, as a lot of media members make them out to be this year. Your thoughts are welcome on Twitter at Sports Up Drive. 336-777-1600 is the phone number. Robert, tomorrow is the 146th running of the Kentucky Derby. So in honor of that event, we're going to play a game that we play around every leg of the Triple Crown. Is it a horse or a bad rock band? We're going to do that in 10 minutes. But we need to talk about your Toronto Raptors because they went at the buzzer yesterday. And I was disappointed. I was because Kimball Walker has done so much for the state of North Carolina in basketball. He was the best player for the Hornets for a decade. You could argue the best Hornet ever. This is his first playoff with a team that actually has a shot at winning. And today was supposed to be Kemba's day in the sun. Imagine the news cycle today. I just want you to imagine what the news cycle would be if Kemba dished off that beauty of a pass a quarter of a second later. A quarter of a second later, he dishes off that pass and the Celtics win that game by two. 
it would be Celtics up three games to nothing. Oh, Boston's a contender, a legit contender to win the East. Kemba Walker never lost the clutch gene that he developed at UConn. We'd see video of the step-back jumper he had in the Big East tournament against Pitt, leading the Huskies to a national title. He was terrific. 17 in the first quarter when he had 17 altogether in game two. And he's hitting shots at the end of the first quarter clock, end of the second quarter clock. He had that assist at the end of regulation. I I felt really badly for Kimball Walker. I know you didn't, Robert. I did not. Wah, wah, wah. You should have done it later. Maybe you should have stayed in Charlotte, not even gone to the playoffs. Sucks to suck. <laughs> I saw so many people tweeting things out like, oh, Kimba makes a pass at .5 seconds to win the game. You should have watched the end of it, homie. You should have seen the real OG hitting that game winner. <laughs> That's really well done. That shot never happens outside of the bubble, though. Taco Fall guarding the inbounds. You put Taco Fall there thinking that Kyle Lowry isn't the second coming of Patrick Mahomes. Wrong. Right? But here is, this is a fact. There is more space between the sideline and the scorer's table in the bubble than you would see anywhere else in the NBA with how close the courtside seats generally are. And I think that's something the NBA should look at. I'm fine with there being more space there. For guys to complete a pass like Kyle Lowry did yesterday. And I've said this about the baselines. I think a reason why you're seeing this uptick in scoring. Guys aren't afraid that if they drive hard to the basket. They're going to be running into a kid and their mom. In the first and second row. You don't have to worry about that. So there's a better landing zone. You're not worried you're going to disfigure your leg. Like Paul George did for USA Basketball. Because there's a camera guy sitting right there. And the presentations look just fine to me. Now, I'm sure my friends in the media who take the photos on the baseline probably don't appreciate this take much. But look at some of the video of some of these inbound plays on the sideline when there were fans at regular arenas. And look at how much space Kyle Lowry had last night to float that pass above Seven foot five or whatever, Taco Fong. Or whatever is right. He could have been eight foot whatever. It doesn't matter. (laughs) My man Kyle threaded that needle. All right, so you're all in on the Raptors, and you've been a Raptors fan before they won a title last year. I'm sure there are fans or uh, just listeners in general who probably believe you're a fair-weather Raptors fan. Probably. but Not true, though. You've been all about them for a while now. I'm all in on the Celtics now since Chris Paul is no longer in the field. I want to see Kemba have success. He's an easy guy to like. He's an easy guy to root for. I also really like Brad Stevens. Carol Lawson was with the Celtics before taking the women's basketball job at Duke. Also, it's fun to root for a team that can actually win it, and I think Boston can do that. So this should be a really fun series now. This is a real turning point. Game four is tomorrow night, and we'll keep a close eye on that. And report back on Monday. The Kentucky Derby, though, is tomorrow. So we're going to bring back America's new favorite game show. Is it a horse or an obscure rock band? That's next on The Drive. Check this out. We're on in five. This is The Drive with Josh Graham. Okay, let's get this show rolling. On Sports Hub Triad.
the sports calendar constantly shifting in 2020, the 146th running of the Kentucky Derby is set for tomorrow afternoon. Now, I don't know anything about the horses. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I only watch, if I'm being honest, the three legs of the Triple Crown each year, that's it. But to honor the Derby, we don't wear floppy hats around here. We instead play, is it a horse or an obscure rock band? East Carolina head football coach Mike Houston's going to join us, by the way, in 15 minutes. Robert, are you ready to play, is it a horse or a bad rock band? I am never this nervous. This is the most nervous I am all year when we play this game. I hate losing. I hate overthinking. And it's what I do every single time. I think I've got some new methodology, so I'm going to put it to the test here. You always think that I, myself, am placing these names in order. I got five names for you here. Like a in reality, test. Right. In reality... It's all shuffled by a computer. I just put the 15 names that I have for the three times we're going to play this, and it's all shuffled. So I don't come up with this order that these are in. Mm. Are you ready for your first name? Yeah, give it to me. Is this an actual horse competing in the Kentucky Derby tomorrow or an actual real band? Mr. Big News. Okay, I feel like I'm going to try to be more decisive this time around. I feel like anytime. It's associating with a person or one thing. That is a horse. And rather than overthink it, I'm just going to go straight to it. That's a horse. You got a criteria now? I I do not like losing, Josh. That's a horse. That's what I'm talking about. 50 to 1 odds. Not who I'm betting on. Mr. Big News. Let's see if that criteria applies here. Finnick the Fierce. Oof. Okay, Finnick the Fierce. That sounds like a like a, a emo screamo band to me. Like with the alliteration and I'm just, Finnick the Fierce is a band. It's a horse. Oh. Oh. You just broke the rule you just set. I know, but if they're I, talking about one thing, Finnick the Fierce. It's one thing. I know, but I feel like it can, if it has like too much, I don't know. I, I, I know my own rules. You worry about saying the names of these I'm just trying horses. to figure out what your rules are. Uh, Me too. 34 to 1 odds tomorrow. So oh, better thought- odds than Mr. Big News for Finnick the Fierce. Number three. All right, you've got one right, one wrong. Teardrop explodes. Horse or band? Teardrop. Teardrops explode? Teardrop explodes. Horse or band? That feels like something that like one of my friends would go listen to in their emo phase. I'm going to say that's a band. It's a band. Let's go! Let's go! One more and we win this round, baby. That's what I'm talking Two about. Two right, one wrong. We're playing, is it an actual Kentucky Derby horse or an actual band? Robert, trying to clinch this round, you've got Ramses. Ramses. Horse or band? We've already had, I know it doesn't matter. We've already had two horses and a band. Ramses. I feel like that it's showing ownership of Ramsey. So maybe this is Ramsey's horse. Or maybe 
I think it's a band. I'm going band. Final answer. It's a band. Let's go. Robert wins the round. Oh, come on. Come on. Let's let's play the last it's one. It's a band. They have a song called La Layla. La Layla. Okay. La Layla. La Layla. <laughs> that you might want to keep an eye on. La Layla. Oh, man. All right. Do you want one more? Yeah, I need to practice. I need to practice. All right. Stray. Oh. Oh. This is right up the middle, dude. Right up the <laughs> middle. If I get this right, does this point carry over to another round? It does not. Ugh. You know what? Just Stray is one of, of the hardest ones, I think. For the sake of this segment, I know you got some stuff to get to. I'll say that's a that's a band. I almost said a horse. I hope it was a band. It is a band. Let's go. You're on fire, man. Dude, I'm out of right. And one wrong. Oh, that's good stuff. You are out of the gates. That's right. They have a really they only have one hit. Stray. You want to know what it's called? Tell me about it. Stray. It's called Stray. That's the name of their best song. <laughs> it's called Stray. <sighs> True story. I'm stressed. But you did a good job. That's that horse or band. We'll do that each hour of today's show. All right. Here's an NBA question that I have before we get to Coach Houston with East Carolina. Who has the most to gain in these playoffs? Not as a team, but individually. Singular guy. Because I think there's one name that stands alone as I think about that question. I think it's James Harden. He blocks that shot at the end of Game 7. Mr. James 7, we can maybe call him that. Please don't. <laughs> I think if he wins a title, he's easily a top 5 point guard or a top 5 shooting guard in NBA history. Like, if you look at it right now, when you think about shooting guards, easily Jordan's the best. Second best is Kobe. You can have a conversation about three and four, what order you'd put in, Dwayne Wade or Jerry West. But then, okay, I think it's Clyde Drexler at number five, won a title, came up short after winning the MVP against uh, Michael in the uh, early 1990s. Then, then who? I think it's Reggie Miller, it's James Harden, it, it's George Gervin. Really good player sitting right there. If Harden wins a title, I put him above Clyde Drexler. I, I put him in the top five, and there's a legit argument I think you can have between him and Jerry West. I wouldn't make it, but you could have that discussion. That's why these playoffs are really important. Obviously, the playoff resume is really tough. We talk about him and Chris Paul kind of the same way. I think Harden's is worse than Chris's is. Not just because I like Chris a lot and I've made that point, but you can kind of explain away what happens with Chris. There are some inexcusable performances, sure, but like you have situations where injuries really affect them. Some of these series, he has really good games and they lose anyway. And with James Harden, there are more examples of, wait, you're sitting on the bench at the end of this game? Like, this is a clinching game. They need you. You're sitting on the bench. You're putting, on a, you're putting up a million threes against Golden State in a game seven, and you can't hit any of them? 
you had a clinching opportunity or a chance to force a Game 7 with KD injured last year, and you allow Steph Curry to go nuts when you were leading by a ton? There's some really bad James Harden performances. But he can bounce back from that with a bit of a run here. Tonight's Game 1 of the Lakers and Houston. I don't believe this is going to be a short series. I said the Clippers are going to make quick work of Denver, and they're well on their way to doing that after the Clippers' Game 1 performance yesterday. I think um, Tim Legler said it best going into that game. Bet everything you have. Everything you have, put it on the Clippers. And they gave you no reason to doubt that. Yes, that is Mike Houston, who's who's going to be here in just a few minutes. I think the way Houston wins this series is simply playing the math. Obviously, the big mismatch, it's the size of Anthony Davis against a smaller Houston team. But AD, he doesn't at times show a lot of interest in wanting to body people up in the post. He wants to be the stretch four who's at the perimeter putting up shots. And Houston, that's where they want him to be. But if Anthony Davis, which I think is best for the Lakers, decides to put his shoulder down, play the five a little bit, and really muscle the ball in there, one, I don't think he wants to do that. But if they do decide to do that, Houston's thinking is, okay, you're trying to get an advantage for two, while we're playing the math in such a way with the way we attempt threes, that we're trading two for three, and we'll take that. I think there are going to be at least two Houston games where it just looks disjointed for the Lakers, and Houston's hitting a ton of threes. They're going to play the math. They're going to win a couple of games. I don't think they win the series, but I see it going six games, maybe even seven Lakers in Houston. Game one, 9 o'clock. Tonight, you also got the Miami Heat tonight. I was just texting with uh, James, uh, Kevin Harlan. He's got the call at 6.30 on TNT. So it's going to be a really fun sports weekend. East Carolina, they were set to be in action last weekend. And obviously, they're not playing yet. They're not going to play this weekend. They were supposed to be playing at South Carolina. They were supposed to play Marshall For the first time in 50 years, that game was rescheduled for next Saturday. Not going to happen anymore because ECU's paused twice because of COVID. Their next scheduled game, their first scheduled game, is for UCF on September the 26th. You can make the argument no team in the state of North Carolina has dealt with COVID more than the East Carolina football team. So we'll welcome in the head pirate, Mike Houston, and he'll tell us what he's been going through in Greenville, America. Next on the drive. This is it. Ready? All right, hold on. All right, do it, do it, do it. All right, listen up. It's the drive with Josh Graham on Sports Hub Triad. I thought this was staggering this morning. John Curry, he was on with Packer and Durham on the ACC network, and he said Wake Forest is spending. a week on COVID testing. Factor that into the financial conversation of what college sports is going to look like, and odds are you're not going to see anytime soon these lofty 
buyouts for coaches uh, we've grown accustomed to for the foreseeable future. I'm looking at you, Virginia Tech fans. I'm looking at you, NC State fans, specifically. David Teal now joining us, award-winning writer for the Richmond Times-Dispatch, somebody I really rely on to understand the inner workings of the ACC League office. As I understand it, starting next week, where the ACC is going to start competing in football games, knock on wood, they're going to have three tests a week. How confident are ACC officials that you've spoken with that this procedure, these procedures in place are going to work? I think they're cautiously optimistic, Josh. They would certainly like to have cheaper, as you referenced, and perhaps faster testing. Uh, As some of your listeners may know, the the Pac-12 has contracted with a firm uh, that can provide much faster, efficient, and less expensive COVID testing. Now, whether whether the ACC schools can figure out a deal with, with that company or not remains to be seen. But like you said, uh, John Curry was on with Packer and Durham and threw out that $75,000 a week tab. And let's remember that Wake Forest has the advantage of having a medical facility affiliated with the university. You know, folks like Virginia Tech and Clemson and and others don't have that advantage. What do you make of John Swafford's approach publicly to handling COVID? Because when I look at the SEC and Big 12 who are playing, I see Greg Sankey. He's on radio shows quite often, even on this station. Heard him on the Dan Patrick show recently. Bob Bowlesby, he seems to be very accessible for reporters like yourself. I haven't seen a lot of Commissioner Swafford out there, and it I'd be surprised if that's a coincidence. It is not. They don't call him the ninja commissioner for nothing, Josh. He likes to keep a low profile. That's the way he has long operated, and he's done a few Appearances on the ACC network. He did one large Zoom gathering after the spring meetings in May. I've had two one-on-ones with him, one of which came on the afternoon he announced his retirement. But otherwise, he hasn't done much. And that's just how he prefers to do it. If you could talk to him, what would be the number one thing you'd like to ask him? Oh, it would be about protocol and you know, testing. The, the ACC is going to choose this third party that's going to administer the Friday test, presuming the game is on Saturday. But the day before tests, two athletes, which outfit is the ACC choosing? Is the ACC paying for that? Is, are the schools paying for it? How, how will they turn it around in less than 24 hours? I guess that would be my first question. There would be plenty more. <laughs> Hopefully you get that chance sometime soon. David Teal with us here. He's on Twitter, at by David Teal from the Richmond Times-Dispatch. So let's put COVID for the uh, to the side for now, which I know is hard to do in whatever context you're talking about. What is the most 
fascinating non-COVID storyline that you're interested uh, with heading into this ACC football season? Well, I'll leave this to you to decide whether I'm cheating here or not because <laughs> this was this was caused by COVID. But Notre Dame being playing ACC football, I'll allow it. Okay, that that that, that to me is the runaway winner of the football storylines. I mean, we're talking about something that has never happened. Fighting Irish, if only temporarily, relinquishing football independence to compete in a league. And to me, that's fascinating. What's the sense you get from the Virginia schools or other people that you've talked to the likelihood of Notre Dame deciding they like it here and they want to stay beyond 2020? Imminent, Josh, I don't see it. I, the, the NBC contract doesn't expire until after, it, at the same time as the college football contract. So it's got six more years. Uh, college football playoff contract with ESPN. They're all, they all coincide with one another. I just don't, I don't think it's going to happen. Now, I hope I'm wrong because I think it would be great for the league. It would benefit Notre Dame financially. That's what people don't understand is that it costs Notre Dame money to remain independent. But that's just been their history. That is what its board prefers. That is what its donor base prefers. Its administration above Jack Swarbrick. So it would, to me, it would it would take a lot of convincing. That experience this season would have to be pretty darn positive to to change it. David, I hope to see you sometime, not on a Zoom call in the near future. Uh, I, I don't know how many games you're going to be able to cover. I'm trying to figure that out myself. It's just good to hear your voice and hope you keep up the good work, as I know you will, with the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Likewise, Josh. Appreciate you having me. There you go. Follow him on Twitter at ByDavidTeal, Hall of Fame sports writer in the state of Virginia and knows the ACC about as well as anybody I know. Come here to talk sports. It is man at his most man. And do it like you mean it. What you got, biatch? This is The Drive with Josh Graham. The beauty of Sports Talk Radio is that the audience turns over so often People listen at different times of the show, and sometimes you sample things. You come across a station that you maybe haven't heard before, and I'm trying to think what somebody who's listening to my voice for the first time right now is going to think about the next 30 minutes, the last 30 minutes of our week, which is going to consist of a top 10 list with wordplay about horses in honor of the Kentucky Derby, and on top of that, me asking Robert to uh, discern whether or not a name I give him is in fact one of the courses competing in that Kentucky Derby or an obscure rock band that is an actual rock band. Then me and Robert are going to sing Rhinestone Cowboy and send you off into the weekend 20 minutes from now. We've been doing this type of show for a while, for over two years, Robert, but I still like to imagine 
what somebody listening to this for the first time could possibly think at the next 30 minutes how it's going to sound. It's going to be a lot of fun, maybe the most fun we've had this week, but I'm just acknowledging it on the front end. There's a lot coming at your way, uh, coming your way in uh, in a very quick rate of speed. And it starts with my top 10 horses. This might be the best top 10 list I've ever done, Robert. I don't want to oversell. Too late. It's too late. You have said it is your best top 10 list ever. I said it might be. Well, you have set the expectations. Whether it is might or not, you should have been like, this is a really good one if you didn't want to oversell. But you that- know what? I mean it. This is one of the best ones I've ever done. And it starts with number 10. My number 10 horse, Mr. Ed Coda. Horses booty at 12 o'clock. That's pretty good. I, I figured we would get some some easy ones like Mr. Ed or the Black Stallion or Sea Biscuit. Number nine, my number nine horse, Billy Horsel. Harold, Shrek, Fiona, Fiona, Mom, Harold, Dundee. I keep forgetting about the sounds. I I wish you okay. Keep that same energy, because I will also forget about the sounds. <laughs> a lot of Shrek in here, because there are not many funny horses that say things that are allowed to be played on the radio. Are you thinking about the Chappelle Show clip? That is exactly what I was thinking about. And James, that dadgum dolphin, <laughs> I, I would have put a lot of stuff in here. I had to go through a lot of Adult Swim clips, and the, you, the sounds this week are just what you get, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but what would you say, Horschel Walker? Billy Horschel. Oh. <laughs> Where did I get Horschel Walker? That's actually really good. It's not on my list. <laughs> Horschel Walker is excellent. If you have any submissions like Horschel Walker, you could tweet them in at Sports Up Triad. Are you secretly good at this? I, I, that's what I thought you said. That's my fault. Billy Horschel. Number eight. My number eight horse, I now feel very insecure because you just pulled out something that might be better than anything on this list. That was eight, though. We're at, we're at seven, right? We're at number eight. Eight. Here we go. Leaky Black Beauty. No, that's the smartest horse I ever saw. Well, he's not so smart. He forgot to touch second base. Let me tell you, going through Mr. Ed clips was hilarious <laughs> and also just where... where Filming things was at back then. They had this horse hit a home uh, in the park home run, <laughs> and he slid. He slid home. It, it was just ridiculous. How did the horse slide? I, through movie magic, which did not look like movie magic at all. It looked like horse feet, very close up, sliding into home. This is going to be a really important year for Leaky Black Beauty. <laughs> number seven, my number seven horse, American Pharaoh Cooper. There's no one to deride me, but you gotta have friends. Stop singing! Would you count a donkey as a horse? No. I mean, it's the same. I'm very confused why you're playing Shrek clips. There are no horses in Shrek. Well, donkey gets turned into a Shrek, or into a horse in Shrek 2, but I I think horse or donkeys are pretty close to horses. Close enough that I could play some donkey stuff. (laughs) Many of the sounds that you found. For top ten horses, is a fictional donkey? Uh, no. There, I think there's three in here, and we've played two of them. Number six, 
my number six horse, Michael Gallup. Yeah, that that that's a good. Boonky Goongo. This guy is known for his trademark motorcycle horse. I expect a really big fantasy year from Michael Gallup. He was my favorite wide receiver out of Colorado State a few years ago when I was voting for the Blitnikoff. Did you know I was a Blitnikoff voter, Robert? Uh, yes, I did, unfortunately. Number five, my number five horse, Rondé Barbaro. <sighs> Just give a little Cowboys kiss. Cowboys have a kiss out there on the range with no girls. I am that kind of cowboy. I know. Gosh, Panther fans still hate Rondé Barbaro. Like, if he's calling a game, they're convinced that he has it in for them because he played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. See, the Panthers have been around long enough now that they have legends, that they have guys that they believe have hated them for years. The Tampa Tampa Bay Buckaroos. That could have been one. Buckaroo? You buckle up, Buckaroo. Number four. My number four horse. Bo Jackson Horseman. We can stay up late, swapping manly stories, and in the morning... I'm making, I'm making a waffle. Have you ever, uh, have you watched BoJack Horseman? Never. It, Bo Jackson Horseman? It is a, <sighs> Bo Jackman Horseman, whatever you say. Bo Jackson Horseman. Sure. Bo Jackson Horseman. It's a great Netflix show. Really pulls at your heartstrings. Darren Vaught loves it. It's a great show. He also loves feeling sad. Like when he likes watching stuff, like Manchester by the Sea is his idea of a really like cool Friday night. Let's just hang out at home. I'm watching Amazon special, Manchester by the Sea. feel really sad. This just got sad. Number three. My number three horse. My friend Flea Flicka. What do you know about it? You're not a horse. You're a unicorn. Pretend I said, hop aboard. I'm a wild ride. Forget I just said that also. Pretend I said, right now I'm the only horse you've got. That seems pretty innocuous. That's, that's my favorite one on the list. Uh, we're, I mean, we might as well not do the last two. My friend Flea Flicka. That's pretty good. Not bad. Number two. This has been a good list. My number two horse. Clydesdale Jr. Hilaire? Clydesdale Jr. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Blue flower, red thorns, blue flower, red thorns. This would be so much easier if I wasn't colorblind. Red thorns. Hold on, Shrek, I'm coming! How do you think Clyde's Edwards Hilaire is better than Clyde's Dale Jr.? I, I didn't know I didn't know where you were doing. It was either way. Either way. And number one, my number one horse. In honor of the Kentucky Derby. Seabiscuitville. Hi, I'm Paul Willow from Lazy Horse Mattress and Bedding Supply. I was expecting like My Little Pony. I was expecting people easy. doing horse noises with their mouths. I was expecting actual horse sounds. And just a bunch of Yeah. That's too easy. That was Will Forte doing a mattress commercial from Lazy Horse Mattress Firm. Seabiscuitville. I don't bad. think there are Seabiscuitvilles outside of North Carolina and Virginia. I don't think they go further than that. I had Seabiscuitville for the first time earlier this year. It's Never hard it for me to stay with you when you call it like Sea Biscuitville. That's what we're talking about. When I know you mean Biscuitville, that's the hardest part for me. 
You would be a terrible Broadway performer. Good. Like improv. Like somebody would like do something. And the, the saying is yes and. Always yes and. And you'd be like, you're making it really difficult for me when you say something that I'm not ready for. I don't think that's true at all. Hashtag Seabiscuitville. All right. In reality, I know you're just kind of trying to labor along here because you're nervous. You're nervous because the first time I gave you five names to discern if they are uh, Kentucky Derby horses or if they're obscure rock bands, you got four out of five correct. You were flying high out of the gates. Then things got rough for you. Rough waters, you got only two out of five correctly last hour when we did this. This is the final five that I have here. It's an opportunity for you to go into the weekend a winner or be a big, fat loser. I'm ready to hop back on the saddle and stop riding bareback, Josh. Let's do it. All right. It is time for Is It a Horse or a Rock Band? Cue the genuine. Here we go. Honor AP. That is not what Ron Rivera did today. He did not honor AP at all. He released him. But that is the name of this either band slash horse. Honor AP. Also a terrible NBC show. Um, Is that the name of the show? I think so. Or it might be like uh, Kim AP. It's AP something. I think they got canceled. Either way, I digress. AP style, man. You had to be familiar with that when you were in school, probably. (sighs) Or maybe it was MLA. And you had to cite your sources and do like the bibliography page or whatever. I had teachers who were both ways. I I just did the site websites where you plug all the info in and then you tell them what to do. Either way, I'm going to say this is a band. Honor AP's a band. That's what I'm thinking. It's a horse. Ugh. It's the favorite. Five to one odds. Really? Honor AP. Well, not putting any money there. All right, get, it's okay. We're going to get the ball rolling. Give me the next one. He's off to a rough start. Second name, Sol Volante. How do you spell that second word? V-O-L-A-N-T-E, Sol Volante. Okay, I think that is Italian. It means like flying sun or something. I think Sol means sun. Yeah, that's the only one I knew. I think Volante means flying, but I'm not sure. I'm going to say the horses are here, so why would they have an Italian name? Uh, I'm going to say that's a band. It's a horse. Oh, my God. 30 to 1 odds tomorrow. are you kidding me? Robert needs to turn it around and fast. Ugh. The people believing that Robert is cheating crowd. Eat your heart out. 0-2 so far. The third name I have for you. Leaf Hound. Leaf Hound? Like, as in, like, that kind of hound? Yeah, two separate words. Leaf Hound. Horse or band? Leaf Hound. Leaf Hound. 
I really think this is a band, but that has bit me in the butt to start these first two off. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my guns and say that's a band. It's a band. Whew. Robert is still alive here. He has to get the last two. This is how the Raptors felt last night. Right there. Right before OG got the ball. That's how they yeah. felt. And here's Taco Fall standing right in front Steel. of Kyle Lowry. Ugh. Fourth My name. Celebrity skin. Celebrity skin? I've said band three straight times, and I really think that's a band. Celebrity skin. Could I opening up tonight? Celebrity skin. That that makes sense. Give me celebrity skin as a band. It's a band. Let's go. We are still in this. Down to one. Down to one. Robert's got two in a row. Oh shoot! It's all the entire show. Robert is now standing in the studio. It all comes down to this. The name you have to figure out. If it's an actual horse competing in the Kentucky Derby tomorrow or an actual rock band. Captain Beyond. Captain Beyond. Horse or band. All right, I really, I really, really, really want to go riding into the sun here. And I'm going to break it down the way I used to break it down. These first two were horses. The next following two were bands. So this is a split down the middle decision. I feel like we've had more horses than bands. And I really don't want to do like I used to and say that, Band, because I've said band four straight times, Josh, but I don't think this is a horse. Give me, give me the name one more time. Captain Beyond. Is it a band or a horse? Captain Beyond. Josh. You know what? I'm just going to push my chips to the front of the table. If I lose, then you're going to give me a lot of guff for it, but at least it's Friday. I'm going to say it's a band. I hate when you pause. Just tell me. Captain Beyond is a band. Let's go! Where's the music? Somebody play the music! Let's go! Nothing. Yeah, nothing! Woo! Two down two oh! Next to defeat, Josh! Next to defeat! And I rise from the ashes like a phoenix! Rose from the ashes! Rose from the ashes like a phoenix! <sighs> I love you, mama! Oh, that was great. Can I tell you what Captain Beyond's?
best hit is? Please do. I'm about to I'm about to find it for best of. Captain Beyond's best hit is Captain Beyond. <laughs> How do you find these bands? Uh, look it Who's... up. See if you can find Captain Beyond by Captain Beyond. Because that's the reason you just won here. You're not going to play any other music going in to take it to the house because it's a Rhinestone Cowboy Friday. And we're not going to up in that like I tried to do a few weeks ago, only to be met by stark criticism. And one guy was like, you know, I actually think it's kind of stupid. Yeah. So we're going to do that in just a bit. But Captain Beyond is the last name and you nailed it. Oh, man. You nailed it. With so much drama, I thought this segment was going to die on a vine because you said the best wordplay horse in the middle of my list of wordplay with Horschel Walker, and I thought you were going to be three and out, and you weren't going to get any correct. But you came back, as you said, you rose from the ashes, even though you used the wrong verb agreement there, it's okay. And this is just an example of me buying time so Robert could try and find an obscure song by an obscure band to close things out. What are you getting with your search? Anything? Any luck? I have the album, and I, I they, they have so many songs, and none of them are Captain Beyond. It's a bunch of dancing madly backwards, in quotations. Just give me anything by Captain Beyond to send us into commercial break with. Let's hope there are no bad words to this. That would be great if there were. What a great way to go into the weekend with a bunch of curse words from Captain Beyond. Oh, please no. Gosh, what if it's... I'm pretty sure it's punk rock, but I don't know. It's not, it's not hip-hop or anything. So I think we might be safe here. Let's just hope there's no YouTube ads, because that would really upset me. For Captain Beyond music? I, I feel like they're going to hit you with any any single one they can. Oh, you're right. It's kind of nice. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh! I don't give a bleep what you got to say. And we just get a bunch of cuss words. This is pretty good. Robert, this is your band now. This is my band. I'm probably going to listen to this album on the way home. What do you got in Take It to the House? I scream, you scream, we all scream for larceny? Enjoy the Captain Beyond as we get set to Take It to the House next. 